We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. Welcome back to the Is For Podcast, and welcome to the Season 3 opener. How are we doing, fellas? Doing good. All right. I, doing well. I am uh, glad you're still here and, and doing well. Um, I am your returning host, Danger, and uh, this guy over here is Sarge. Say hi, Sarge. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Season 3. And uh, Monster, you want to have a go at it? Welcome to the most fabulous season yet. I uh, I hope that it is, you know, based on the things that we have planned out for you, ladies and gentlemen, that, you know, keep coming back. And thank you for that. I, I do believe this season is going to be quite interesting. Those of you that are listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. Those of you that can't watch uh, because we don't, um, I do want to point out that Sarge actually has a waving American flag behind him with eagle wings where it looks like they're actually his wings. And he is a, I, I would say angel, but he's more of a hellspawn. So you know, yeah. That you right now, Sarge looks like a Facebook memorial post for a fallen soldier. It's a yeah. little bit un, unsettling. Uh, so, you know, absolutely, fact, my last weekend. <laughs> uh, just throwing that out there in case you guys didn't know. Went and cel- uh, I'm not going to say celebrated the passing, but wanted to make sure some some friends of mine family was taken care of as they passed. So I figured it appropriate for a while. Well, I mean, I, 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 I'm sorry about your, your friend, your comrade, your brother in arms, but I'm having trouble looking at you and um, seeing the wings of flapping in the flag. Hey, Hey, not everybody can rock a sweet corn basketball Jersey like this dork over here. So monsters were in a throwback, (laughs) not just any throwback, but one that says corn on it. And you know, for those people who aren't old corn used to be a band that was pretty popular back in the 90s, early two thousands. I think uh, they had a song on one of the Tomb Raider movies. Wow. If, if that's the only place that you know them from. Okay. All right. I know they're from many more places, mainly eighth grade, but you know, um, <laughs> the fact that it's a basketball jersey makes me laugh in itself. So anyway, oh yeah, oh yeah, I, uh, I'm just gonna hang out here in my Spider-Man gear, not a suit, people. It's just a t-shirt. So. Well, <laughs> well, well, we... it's, it's 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 audio. Yeah. they would never know. Well, before we get started, I think it's very apropos that Sarge has an American flag. Danger is wearing a superhero shirt, and I am wearing a new metal basketball jersey. I yeah. feel like we have dressed for the occasion to start season three off the we, proper way. We one hundred percent have. So to kick off season three, to start off the alphabet, we always go with the letter A. And today, A is for the Adams family. Now, don't don't couldn't hear your finger snapping, so. There you go. Really? Yeah, your finger snapper didn't come through. Yeah. So, all right. Now, before we dive into uh, description and everything, uh, Monster, did you watch the Adams Family show? So, I, full disclosure, Adams Family and the Monsters ran literally simultaneously. And 
being that I like monsters and weird creatures, I was a little bit more of a fan of the monsters. Now, I have watched some of the Addams Family, and they are creepy, and they are kooky, <laughs> and I do like it. Um, but I, I don't have a, a real strong nostalgia fondness for them like I do some some other things. All right, and and Sarge, what uh, what's your Adams Family? I used to watch Adams Family every time I could. So let me give you a caveat with that. While I, while I was young, my dad was in the Air Force. We moved around, so my grandfather used to buy uh, VHS tapes, and he used to record television and go to uh, the movie stores and rent VHSs and movies. And he had the two VCRs, and he would record. And then he would send it to us overseas. So I used to watch the Adams Family on VHS, like two months after they aired. It was the greatest thing ever. So your grandfather was a pirate. Yes, yes. Before uh, before pirating was a thing. Yes. In that sweet spot between Blackbeard and Napster, he was <laughs> that he was that part of piracy. Yeah, before before you could go online and get it, before the internet screamed at you to get online, um, you would literally have to get in your car, drive to like Kmart, buy VHS tapes, drive to the video store, get whatever movies you want, push the you know put the VHS tapes in and push play and record at the same time on two different remotes, and you were good to go. So I do want to show appreciation for the fact that you said Kmart and not. <laughs> drive to the store, Walmart, or one of those things. So not only in talking about the antiquity of the VHS, multi-VHS, but you also pulled out a Kmart. I, uh, well, I appreciate I mean, that. Would you also get a Little Caesars pizza in the, uh, in the Kmart? Absolutely. Why not? Yeah, yeah fair Why enough. Not? Fair enough. I mean, I, if, if I'm going to show my age, I'm going to show my age. Like This was when like Kmart was in its prime. Well, if we're going to talk about your age, did you like first wind the car up? You know, no, I'm not that old. No, I'm okay. Not that old. However, right. we did have to get in there and crank the windows down. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the crank. This motion that is still used for rolling down windows, like signaling to roll a window down, because you can't just mime pushing a button <laughs> to yeah. roll a window down. I still or, or like I, hanging up the phone when you're mad. Cling. Yeah. I still find myself saying, "Yeah, we have that on tape." Yeah. No, we don't. We yeah. have that on VOD. Yeah, I caught myself. I caught myself saying like when they taped it. No, they didn't. They didn't tape it. They, yeah, they yeah. So, all right. The Adams Family, fictional family created by cartoonist Charles Adams, originally appeared in a series of 150 unrelated single-panel cartoons. So he would publish these in the New Yorker, and each one didn't have um, any relation to the one before. There was no running storyline. They were just pretty much like one-panel jokes, kind of like Family Circus and whatnot. So. So, before we go any further, allow me to explain that back in the day, Sunday, you used to be able to get comics as part of the newspaper. So, that's that's what he's talking about. He's talking about panels. He's talking about, like, Sunday comics or midweek comics. I think there was midweek comics. I forget. Whatever you got, the TV guide. When did you get the TV guide? Well, that... I don't, I don't know. We never got said, Everything you just said is historically accurate, but none of that applies to the New Yorker because that was a separate publication. That it wasn't was like absolutely. Um, <laughs> the family circus was in the Sunday paper. 
New yeah. Yorker was an entirely different thing altogether. So oh, you anyway, said, so you said family circus. So uh, for reference, <laughs> so uh, they have been adapted into everything from TV show, film, video game, and musical. So um, the Adamses, as I learned, the plural of this is Adamses. <laughs> No, I hate Adams. That. I know, I know. Um, they are a satirical inversion of the 20th century ideal, you know, picket fence family. Um, they're an odd, wealthy family uh, who took delight in the macrob. I'm going to. Yeah. Microb. Yeah, microb. <laughs> sure. I don't, season one, ladies and gentlemen. Remember uh, season one. Yeah. We got better. Yeah. So a running thing. Uh, throughout the series was they're trying to understand modern things, modern ways of life and all. So who remembers the meta- the members of the family? Oh, I do for sure. Okay. Well, I got them all listed. I'm going to run through them quick. Cause y'all take forever. Um, so it was Gomez and yeah. Morticia. <laughs> hold on. Uh, hold on. Let's let's, and, and if I'm stepping on toes, I apologize, but one thing that I found really interesting in my little, you know, getting prepared for tonight's episode, um, what I didn't realize was none of these characters actually had names. Yep, that's in the comic strip. Okay, so I need to, I need you to start your own podcast called "Stealing Thunder and <laughs> Stepping on Toast." <laughs> so, no, we'll we'll, uh, we'll get to it. So well, you were getting ready to run down their names, so yes. I just thought this was apropos. Yep. I apologize. Fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> so Gomez and Morticia, children Wednesday and Pugsley, Uncle Fester, Grandma, their butler Lurch. Does anybody remember Wednesday's pet? In the show, Wednesday had a pet octopus. In one of the movies, I can't remember which one. I think it was the first one referenced in Olney, and that's it. And then Thing, which was the hand. Mm-hmm. Um, Gomez's cousin It, which was the furry one, Morticia's pet lion, uh, Kitty Cat was the name, and that uh, came along in '64 in the show. But uh, the, as far as I know, was never seen outside of a large like head that would just kind of come out, and you would hear the roar in the closet and or that room and whatnot. So, and then um, later on in the movie, the addition in Adam's Family Values, Pubert. Adams was added, the baby. So I'm not going to steal your thumber, thunder, but I know something about Pubert. So. Okay. Well, when we get to talking about Adams Family Values, please share. So um, Now, um, and this might be another thunder thing, so if it is, I apologize in advance. But Charles Adams was the guy who created the family, correct? Have you seen what his wives his ex-wives look like? Yes, and that's actually something I'm going to get to. Because, okay, all right, I'll yeah. save it. All right, we loop. So, okay, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> in 64, the live-action television series came on ABC. It only ran for two seasons. It had a made-for-movie, made-for-TV movie called Halloween with the Addams Family, which I kind of felt like was every day in a way. And then they also had plenty of cameos in other shows. And... There was an unrelated animated series in 73. The franchise was revived in the 90s with two movies, Adam's Family, Adam's Family Values. Um, now, we'll also say it only ran for two seasons, but it was like 64 episodes, right? Yeah. 
It was. Yeah. So that's it. When you say two seasons, it's yeah. deceptively short. It, it was on for a minute. Yeah. So, um, and then they had, uh, two animated series, which are weird altogether. Um, and then several direct to video, uh, movies, live action, television series, another one. And that was in the late nineties. And then again, musical in 2010 with Nathan Lane. Which, which I didn't realize until recently, but Nathan Lane has a real quick cameo in, um, yep. I think it's Adam's Family Values, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I believe okay. he plays a cop. If I... Yeah. He yeah. has like one interaction with Gomez and Morticia, but he, right. he kind of kills the scene for sure. Right. Um, so, all right. Speaking of Mr. Charles Adams' wives. So, in 42... <laughs> he met his first wife, Barbara Jean Day, who resembled Morticia. Um, they, uh, the marriage ended after eight years after Adams, who hated small children, refused to adopt one. And then he goes on and creates this family with children. So, um, and then, Let's just say that uh, Charles Adams had a serious fetish for goth chicks. Yes. That was definitely his, his MO, for sure. And then Adams in 54... Married Barbara Barb, which I, Barbara Barb, okay. Uh, why, Barb would, Barb. why would anybody do that to their kid? And she was a practicing lawyer. Uh, she combined Morticia-like looks with diabolical legal scheming, uh, by which she uh, wound up controlling the Adams Family television and film franchises um, and persuaded her husband to give away the rest of the rights. So she 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 caused a bit of a of a, a legal speed bump and things. Mm-hmm. Um and that that continued to rear its ugly head on a regular basis. So all right. The original New Yorker cartoons, not the Sunday paper, <laughs> the the <laughs> New Yorker cartoons. So um the first Adams Family cartoon was published in 1938. Um uh, in a one-panel gag format, Charles Adams drew an estimated 1,300 cartoons between then and his death in 88. 54 of those would feature the Adams family. Um, almost all were published between the 40s and 50s. So I do think it's kind of strange that a one-panel gag in The New Yorker ended up becoming a very successful TV show and then on to spawn a giant franchise. So, um, in 46, Adams met science fiction writer Ray Bradbury. Bradbury is amazing. I love him. So Ray Bradbury is one of my, I would say, probably top 10 authors. And he's going to come up a couple of times this season. I can yeah. go ahead and go ahead uh, and tell you that. He deserves to be talked about more. Bradbury was fantastic. So, um, Spoiler alert. Ray Bradbury will come up again in future episodes. Um, Adams drew a illustration for his short story, Homecoming. And it was the first time that he really dove into drawing a family of monsters. And it was the monsters, uh, the Elliots was the name of it. So, so then he kind of, he did that, which popularized that brand for him, which, you know, he continued on in the New Yorker. So then in 74, it was uh, picked up by ABC for a TV show. Uh, producer Nate or Nat Perrin 
wanted to take a quote-unquote less evil approach to the characters and stories than <laughs> Adams had in the cartoons, emphasizing lighter, more comedic elements, obviously for TV. So Stephen Cox later referred to the series as more zany than spooky. They were not creepy. They were not kooky. They were zany. Not <laughs> quite so spooky. The series was on ABC, as I said. And again, two seasons, 64 episodes. Could you imagine a show now with 30 plus episodes in a season? Most, I, I believe, and I could be incorrect, but I believe most series now, a season typically constitutes what? 13 episodes? 13 weeks. Yeah. 13 weeks, yeah. 13 week programming. I've, I'm a big fan of the eight to 10 episodes for a season for, especially for a streaming series, because I feel like anything outside of 10 episodes, you get to the point to where there's a lot of filler. Of course, in a show like this, there was not, you know, a structured, cohesive storyline and they could play with each episode and do as they please. And, and when you talk about a show on like Netflix or Hulu or something, you're talking about an episode that's usually going to run you 45 to 50, 52 minutes, whereas these were 24, 23 minutes because they had commercials and other stuff going on. So, you know, it, it, you could crank them out a little bit quicker because they were so short. Right. Um, so the television series, you know, exploded with popularity when it was running, but then it was in syndication that it really blew up. and. Some channels actually had it running in syndication as late as 91. I don't know if it's still running somewhere. I feel like the whole syndication deal has kind of run its course and now shows rights are being sold off to streaming services and whatnot. So, yeah, I know that the Adams family is available on prime video. Um, yes. If you have a uh, Amazon prime account, they are on there. They do put in like one or two commercials or whatever, but the whole series is on there. You can you can watch those. And I think the the films from the nineties are on there to rent for like two or three bucks a piece. So yeah. um, it's very easily accessible for sure. Yeah. Well the thing about selling the rights to the streaming services now is like like when Fox has a has a flop show, they, they sell the rights to streaming services. And then streaming services just sit on it, and then it becomes popular again, and then they kick out all these remakes, reboots, new seasons, like Lucifer, for example. Lucifer ran its course for two seasons on Fox, and then they dumped it off on the Netflix. Everyone pitched a bitch about it. Netflix put out the two seasons and then made three more seasons on top of it. I think three more. Yeah. Well, I think it was. Lucifer. I think it, I know they. I know they made more of it, so. Yeah, I mean, it's paid dividends for them. Mm -hmm. And with the Adams Family, as we speak, they are still making Adam's family movies. They're making yep. like CG animated versions of the, the series of the yep. characters and everything. But yeah, to your point, this is something that started in the thirties and new content is still being made in 2022. Yep. And actually I was going to hit on the the new series in a bit, but I actually saw for the first time a trailer for the new movie coming out and it actually is pretty much a direct rip from where I'm getting ready to talk about. So, have you have either one of you seen the first animated one that came out a couple years yeah. ago? Yeah, I watched it just out of curiosity. Yeah, me and me and Alex watched it one day, and and um, to long time listeners of the show, you'll already be familiar with my daughter who is 
three, but is a fan of kind uh, of. It's episode one of season three. Let's do a recap. <laughs> but my daughter, I have two daughters, but my daughter, who is three, is a big fan of like weird stuff. Stuff that maybe not every little kid likes. So she likes the Hotel Transylvania movies, and she likes the Adams Family animated movies as well. Yeah. And uh, she she's watched the the first one two or three times. We've watched that one together a handful of times. And yeah. it's it's fun. I mean, it's not great, but it's it's definitely fun. It's got a great cast. Yeah, it's a, a Oscar Isaac and Charlie Theron and all. And yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's fun. You're right. So, all right. After the show was done airing new episodes in 72, they had a crossover appearance in Scooby-Doo, which kind of, you know, bumped them up a little bit more and was like, hey, they're popping up other stuff. And so then in 73, they did an animated series and all the cast actually returned to voice their parts, um, except for Felix Sila, Sia, who returned as Cousin It. So... But this is what I meant by it's the new movie is a rip from. So the 73 series, did either one of you watch it? Have any idea? I was not born in 73. I know, but the things that existed in 73 still exist now. And even though you were born in 74, we can assume that you watched them. Most of the content I I consume was created... 30, 40, 50 years before I was ever born. Right. So, <laughs> all right. I'm not getting a chance to watch an animated series back in the 1970s, ladies and gentlemen. I am sorry. Um, Was this the animated series where they their house was an RV or yes. something? The new movie, they're pretty much uh, jumping into a Victorian-style camper. And this was pretty much the same thing. They travel the country, causing mishap and mayhem wherever they go, and solving things in an upside down backwards way and, you know, pushing that button of cultural, whatever cultural stigmas, but it was just such an absurd concept that it's like, we're going to take this Victorian house and shrink it down to an RV and you guys are going to be happy and have all the things that you had. So before we go too much further, did you have anything else you wanted to say about the, the TV show from the sixties? No. Okay. Can I touch on two things real quick? Well, I do yeah, have stuff at the end, just kind of fun facts. So, but okay. go on. What'd you say, Sarge? I said, as long as it's not show me on this doll where he touched you, sure. No, 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 no. Well, maybe, but we'll get oh. there. Um, well, if it's sure. the Adams family, it's probably a voodoo doll. So, you know. So two things that I kind of discovered while doing this research is, number one, the the Adams family and the Munsters were they came out literally the exact same day, ran the exact same length of time, and actually finished at the exact same time. And they were sort of poking fun at the Leave it to Beaver, My Three Sons, really wholesome like family sitcom that was really popular shortly before these came out. Right. So these took kind of like a subversion of those. And again, it's the 60s. It's very lighthearted. It's very silly. Any all ages can watch it. But it was a little bit of a twist on the typical family sitcom at the time. Yeah. You know, it was a it was a fun twist for things at that time, for sure. And with that being said, part two, the Adams family 
was a very horny TV show for Absolutely. its time. Yes, actually, <laughs> so the actors that portrayed Gomez and Morticia, they actually had quite a bit of conversation about how the scripts were rather luck- lackluster. And mm-hmm. if they ever needed to amp up a scene, they would just amp up the horniness connection between both of them. And uh, if I remember correctly, because I did not include this in my notes, they actually did not like each other, but they did that for the show and for acting and whatnot. So I would have to imagine on a typical 23-minute runtime episode, four to seven minutes is spent with Gomez just kissing Morticia up and down her hand and her arm on her back. I mean... It never stops. <laughs> well, let's be honest. The creative juices of that time for writing episodes, writing 30 plus episodes for a season, probably wore themselves out pretty quick. And so they had to resort to just on air, on camera, on set antics. True. Fair so. enough. Fair enough. And with all that being said, one other kind of offshoot of that, I think Morticia Adams is in her own right kind of a style icon. Yes. For what she did for goth fashion and goth girls. And even you see it today. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% agree. So, all right. Let's jump to talk about the movies. I think I saw the movies before I ever saw the shows. Maybe my dad showed me the shows when I was younger, but the first movie came out in 91. So I don't really know for sure, but I love the movies. And I think the, I know the second movie was better and I've gone back and watched them plenty of times, but I think I liked them just because of the time period that I was in and what they were and whatnot. But you know, the, the second movie is, is much better by far. So the franchise became inactive basically through the eighties. So in the, I think it was 82, I didn't write down the year of that. So the producers on the movie actually what started the idea of it was the producers were in a car or van, I don't remember, vehicle of some sort. And one of their kids started humming the tune to the show and snapping his fingers. And so that made them go, what the hell? You're 12. Why do you know about this show? And then they said, if it still exists for this 12 year old boy, that's disconnected from so many things, there's something to this. And so they started moving forward with, gaining the movie rights back from the um the whole mishap with Adam's ex-wife and whatnot. So Barry Sonnenfeld was actually nothing but a cinematographer on movies beforehand. He was given his first directorial debut, um, his first director job on the Adams family. The movie received mixed reviews from critics and it performed reasonably well at the off- box office with a budget of thirty million making $191.5 million. Um, our old favorite guy, our favorite movie critic, Mr. Ebert, gave, oh, the, yeah. gave the film two out of four stars, saying it was mildly entertaining, but did not add oh. up to much. Jonathan Rosenbaum of the Chicago Reader said the film was a collection of one-liners and not much more. And the Variety wrote, despite inspired casting and nifty visual trappings, the eagerly awaited Adam's family figures a major disappointment. Um, then now, on t- I'll be honest about the films. That is kind of a blind spot for me. I feel like I have seen them at some point in my life, yeah. but I don't have like a real like connection with them. But from what I remember and in some of the clips, I, I re- like 
moments I remember from the films. They're the most Tim Burton-esque movies that were not directed by Tim Burton. Yes. Even though they were supposed to be, kind of. <laughs> yes, they were, I think, aimed at Tim Burton, but landed on Barry Sutterfield. <laughs> um, right. You know, Because that was a lot cheaper. Um, yes. Um, he I was absolutely not, cheaper. And if I'm not mistaken, I think one of the writers for the Adams Family movies did write for Corpse Bride and Beetlejuice and yes. a, a lot of Tim Burton projects. Yes. Tim Burton has actually had his eye or hand on Adam's family on multiple occasions. And, you know, the last couple things within what the franchise put out, he was a little bit more prevalent in, but we'll get there. So Adam's family values. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Before we jump to Adam's family values. All right. So 1991 is when Adam's Family movie came out, correct? Yes. You know, Rod, Julia, uh, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, yeah. Alicia Hudson. Alicia Hudson? Angelica Christina Houston. Ricci? No, Angelica, Angelica Hudson? Angelica, oh, Angelica oh, Houston. Houston, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Oh, sorry which, which, before before you go on, Angelica Houston, do you know who they originally thought Fair. to try to get for? Actually, you guys are, <laughs> are kind of right, but also kind of wrong. Well, Angelica. Because Angelica Houston, actually, when she got offered the part, was like, hey, why don't you ask Cher? Right, right. (laughs) Which the filming of the movies were terribly uncomfortable for her because uh, she couldn't move her head. Yeah, they had these weird prosthetics like put on her face to make her eyes look a certain way. and She couldn't move her head. To make her look pulled back. And if you go back, if you go back, this is really funny. If you go back and watch the TV show and watch Morticia Adams try to walk around in oh, that yeah. black Just, weird dress. Yeah. Oh, it's the funniest little like waddle that she does. Sarge, please tell us what you wanted to say. I am sorry. <laughs> this is how it normally works. Um, <laughs> so, you know, back in 1991, I mean, we were still crossing that threshold between what was appropriate and what was inappropriate to have in a movie slash television, right? We were still at that. We're still at that cusp where people were blaming violence and movies, violence and television, you know, skateboarding's a crime and all this other kind of BS. So, I mean, I can see why the movie was kind of like, like, like Ebert, right? Ebert, right? You know, they, yeah. they gave them all the thumbs down and stuff like that because back then they were still prudish. They were still thinking, and, and Luke and Monster is going to get mad at me and I don't care. They were still holding Star Wars as the perfect film like that yeah. was the perfect film hit all the buttons if it did not compare in some way shape or form to the way star wars was done it was a crap movie right yeah. so i get i get why the 1991 version was was frowned down upon but they had great actors they had christopher lloyd in there who played a wonderful uncle fester you know raj julia played the perfect Rosa, Gomez, in my opinion uh i was gonna i was gonna say he uh Oh damn it! Now the character is escaping my brain. The what? He was also in Street Fighter. He Street was, Fighter. Yeah, he was, he was M Bison. Yeah, yeah. yeah he played the he which, played the greatest M Bison ever. Which, for the record, Raul is is uh, how do you pronounce his name properly? I want to make sure I say it right. I think it's Raul Julia. Raul Julia. Julia. I don't. I, don't I can't recall ever actually hearing a pronunciation of it. So Raul Julia. We'll go with Raul Julia. I if we're wrong, Julia. I am sorry to the Julia family. <laughs> I I just wanted to say that Raul Julia, from everything that I have seen or read or heard about him, he sounds like a genuinely wonderful person that 
you know, he, he did pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, back in the 90s, I think he passed away uh, shortly after Adam Family Values came out. It, it yep. wasn't long after that. But, like, that whole thing with M. Bison, the whole reason he took that role was just because his kids like Street Fighter. Right. He got he got such a kick out of people recognizing him on the street, like kids recognizing him. Mm-hmm. He, he just seems like a really, really sweet guy. Yep. So, all right. Adam's Family Values comes out in 93. And because of the first film's success, the content restrictions were loosened a bit um, as far as the more grotesque um, humor and, and whatnot. And... I think we're played great because Adam Shelley values to this day is I wouldn't put it top 10, but it's just one of my favorite comedy movies. And it's just a, a joke a minute in that movie. And I would say 80% of them land. And an unsung hero of that cast. I like her in just about everything I've ever seen her in. And that is Joan Cusack. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Joan Cusack was uh, wonderful. It's probably her best role. Probably the only role I've ever seen her in where I thought she was attractive, but you know, it's, like, it's personal. Well, yeah, they, they definitely barbied her up. Yeah. Um, Malibu Barbie. Yeah. So <laughs> several gags were lifted straight from the cartoons for the movie, which I thought was great because they didn't do any of it for the first movie, but they, they dove into it for this one. Uh, the two films used almost the same cast, except Grandmama. Um, she was played by Judith Melania and um, and Carol Kane between and Judith in the first one and Carol Kane in the second. Carol Kane is also a, a crazy funny actress. If you look up her, if you look up her resume, she's done a lot of fun stuff. So the family values in the film's title was actually a political prod because when the writer was coming up with the title of the movie. Dan Quayle, who was just a candidate at the time for vice president, actually blamed the 92 Los Angeles riots for a breakdown of, quote unquote, family values. So I thought that was fun. So um, a script for a third film was produced, but with the inverse reception to the first movie where um, it was highly regarded by critics, but performed well under. And then also with the sudden death of Mr. Julia and in 94, there was no other film produced by Sonnenfilm. So, according to Angelica Houston, during the filming of it, Julia became um, increasingly sick and his health was deteriorating. He had trouble eating. He was losing weight as a result of not eating. And he died less than a year after the film was released. So, mm-hmm. he never really got to, to enjoy it. So, yes, uh, moving on to Angelica Houston was Morticia. Mr. Julia was Gomez and uh, the role that I think um, a lot of boys kind of blossomed with was uh, Miss <laughs> Ricci uh, playing Wednesday. And I think that made a lot of boys go, I like dark girls. <laughs> so, I, um, think, I think if Morticia Adams got the ball rolling back in the sixties for the whole goth thing, yeah. Wednesday Adams, specifically Christina Ricci's performance, even though she was what, what kept like that 12? ball rolling. I don't know. Yeah, and do you know where she got the inspiration for how she carried herself? As, I, like feel like I, got the role? I feel like I did, but I don't recall right now. So she went in to audition for the role, and her mom said, to give her like some, some inspiration, she said, just act like Winona Ryder from Beetlejuice. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and 
There you go. I mean, I think that sums it up pretty well. Winona Ryder and Beetlejuice and Christina Ricci in the Adams Family movies said a lot of boys on a uh, a goth goth girl kick. Sarge, so, you're I, sh- think, I think my Christina my, my Christina Ricci moment is Sleepy Hollow. Uh, I fell in love with her in Sleepy Hollow. She well, looked amazing. Like, okay. it was like, the fact of the matter is, is that we've all had that moment with the same actors. Okay, no, I never had a thing for Christina Ricci, but you as a adult man should not have a Christina Ricci moment for what she looked like in the Adams family. No, no, movies, no, no. She was no, like no. In. That's why I said that's why I said Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not referring to like now danger um uh you know uh preferring then Christina Ricci, but at that time it was Oh my! <laughs> yeah, it I was like this, yeah. this thing. So she never did it for me. Even, yeah. even like I think the Wednesday Adams character is fun, and I do love Sleepy Hollow, and I've seen her in a few other things too. But I don't know. She's she's kind of meh for me. Yeah, that's fine if you're more of a Raw Julia fan. But you know, I uh, yeah no, he's 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 a gorgeous man. I'm with yeah, you on that so. one. So all right, <laughs> I will and, tell you, I, I will tell you my moment, like my. I like darker girls moment. <laughs> oh boy! Right? Growing up, oh, I got I got to find her name because because I, I honestly I, I forget. Um, well, while you look that up, let's just be clear for people who are not you know personally uh, attached to the members of this podcast. Out of all of our um, significant others, yours looks closer. She has yeah. the dark hair and dark features. So she does. okay, and I, I mean, I, I I, going. my my preference in what a woman looks like and what a woman is has far <laughs> changed from <laughs> Miss Rishi. But, you know, again, Young Danger. Young Danger. <laughs> so did you guys ever watch the show Sanctuary on Sci-Fi Channel? I'm going to go with no. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right, so so Pascali Hutton played Abby Carrington on um, or Cor- Corrigan on um, uh the show Sanctuary, and it's about villain. It was about like monsters and stuff like that. People going out to like to to, to catch the monster stuff like that. Uh, that was my first foray into like liking the darker side of the female gender. Uh, Emily, you're you're all up. Played one of the daughters. Amanda Tapping played the uh, lead mom. You know all that dark stuff. That's where that came from. So, as a person who fully acknowledges that he has a wealth of worthless things, knowledge in his head that, um, you know, a lot of actors, actresses, uh, movie titles, things like that to everything that you just said about your show, Sanctuary Sarge, I'm just going to say those are names. (laughs) You named a lot of people and shows and I'm sure they exist, but I don't know. (laughs) You said things. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, Christina Ricci was not the one that's like I like the darker side of girls. That's yeah. fair. You know, the whole golf setting stuff. Like that. I mean, it, it 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 was it was the girl that played you know the the daughter on the on on Sanctuary, and it was like dark leather, dark makeup, dark hair. Okay. I mean, kick assery, whooping ass. Like, yeah, I could see myself with her, and then it was just like it went off the air. I'm yeah. Sad. <laughs> So, all right. 
So the animated revival, I talked about how Tim Burton had his hands in things at several points. So there was a Tim Burton stop motion film announced in 2010, but it never developed, never went anywhere outside of just being announced. He was in talks with it at one point, but instead MGM put out an animated movie in 2013 uh, or announced it in 2013, put it out in 2019. And then a sequel followed it in 2021. Uh, Bad. They're bad. No, Tim, well, Burton, no, I, Tim Burton seems like he should have had his hands on this from the beginning. Well, not since the beginning, because the beginning, he would have been a very old man now, even though he is an older gentleman. But, you know. Well, no, like I said earlier, I liked the one um, with Oscar Isaac and uh, uh, Charlize Theron, and there's a couple other Catherine O'Hara's in it. Um, me and me and my daughter have watched it a few times, and I think it's fun. I think it's okay. I haven't yeah. seen the newest one yet. Um, it's but, fun at best. I'll put it that. I'll, I'll give it that. Well, it's it. Here's the thing: as thirty year old men, it's not really geared towards us. No, you know, and and I think that it's it's neat. Like those movies, the Hotel Transylvania movies. There's a couple other shows and, and movies out there that like. I think it's cool that there is this media that gears itself towards younger audiences that goes ahead and introduces them to the concept of vampires and zombies yeah. and, and cool right. stuff like that. So I like that. Fair enough. All right. Uh, we talked about the, or i mentioned briefly the 73 animated series where they um, have a Victorian style RV, you know, it's pretty much a, a, the modern, the new movie coming out is pretty much a direct rip. But fun fact from the '73 animated series: anybody want to guess who uh, who voiced Pugsley in that show? I don't know. A ten-year-old Jodie Foster. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was surprised as well. So um, Johnny Depp. <laughs> no. Jodie Foster. Okay. So Sarge yelled Johnny Depp. Oh. Why not? It was it was worth a try. It was like almost there. Um, like Fifty eight years old, he could have done it. It's not as strange as Jodie Foster. Yeah. I know, right? Fair There's enough. Four. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just keep naming. Just keep saying names. Mark <laughs> um, Hamill. Oh. Okay. So that probably worked. So one of the things that I thought was cool about this series was they actually drew the characters to the specifications of the original Adams Charles Adams cartoons that he made. So yeah, it was just kind of a, a neat continuation of that style and whatnot. So, um, and in that show, they actually put out two seasons. The second season consisted mostly of reruns of the first season, but it's actually officially labeled as a second season. Ooh. What? I don't, I don't understand that at all. Um, I guess this is when um, America started getting into the concept of recycling, because <laughs> uh, that's a uh, that's that's some shoddy um, showmanship, even if it was a cartoon. But yeah. So anyway, all right. The show's theme music was uh, completely different. It had no lyrics and no finger snaps. What? Yeah. Um, that is blasphemy. It did retain a bit of the four-note score from the live-action show, but the music was entirely different outside of the four-note score. So, um, heresy, I say. Yeah. Without so, the snaps, it's nothing. So I know we jump. I know I jumped to you know the show to the movies, and now back to the animated series. 
Uh, they had another animated series in 92. They had um, comic books and all sorts of things, as all of these types of things um, tend to uh, to put out and tend to breed. So um, there is an upcoming show. In 2021, Netflix announced a live-action show um, of the Wednesday Adams character. It's just going to be titled Wednesday. And who's going to direct the first episode? Mr. Tim Burton. He's involved in the projects again in the in the there we go. Um, franchise. So uh it's basically gonna be Wednesday is a student at Nevermore Academy and solves mysteries using her psychic ability. Okay. Okay. So here's here's my thoughts on that. I have not seen a trailer. I did not know this existed until you just said that. But I am getting heavy Sabrina the teenage mm. witch. Yeah. Netflix reboot vibes. That's and, how and, I'm feeling it's going to be too. And I do not like that. Yeah. I am really looking forward to the day and I hope it's soon that we get away from this whole gritty reboot. Yeah. I I don't I don't quite understand why everything that was fun and lighthearted 20 30 years ago has to be rebooted in a scary uh, aggressive way. We've been Agreed. over this before. It's it's part of the recipe for success. I mean, they look at Rivendell, right? Ugh. Right. Based off the whole Archie comic book thing, where it was where it was like life lessons in the Archie comic books, and now they bring it back to where it, in, in the show Rivendell on Netflix, it's it's darker, it's grittier. It's they're going to solve mysteries, and people are doing all this other kind of. Look, it's not the way it was supposed to be. Please don't make it now. Sabrina, the teenage witch. What the TV show when it was on air on prime time was great. It really was great. It was almost the exact same way. Salem was still a bit of a smart ass cat. Sabrina was still kind of doing her little old bend the rules thing. And then I took it to Netflix and I was like, eh? Yeah. No. Well, it's bring it, was. it's well, not the same back, show. No. And to bring it back to the Adams family, the 30s comic and the 60s TV show are not that much different. They updated it a little bit for the time period, yeah. but the, the kind of humor and the kind of gags were still there. Then when they rebooted it again in the, in the 90s with the movies, same thing. It was still, uh, yeah, teetered, it, it walked that line, but it was still for the most part, family friendly mm -hmm. and kept with a lot of the gags from the, the series. Oh, yeah. And then when they redid it again over just the past couple years with the CG animated movies, same thing. They don't need to do a spinoff that's rated R and it, I don't know. I just don't understand why that, that is the trend at the moment. My favorite part of the 1991 Adams family movie was when uh, Morticia's sitting there talking to Wednesday and Pugsley, and Gomez is playing with the trains, and 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 Morticia's like, "Oh, he's playing with the trains again. He's kind of upset." And it's like, it shows Gomez, and he's like, "Fraction two trains together, right?" That was great. That that was a great gag to have. So I can't imagine them making it super dark and gritty and still keeping the Adams family right. feel. Absolutely. You know, one of my favorite things from actually Adam's Family Values, because again, I still think it's a great movie. So when 
uh, Joan Cusack's character, you know, she's trying to scam the family out of money and whatnot. She sends the kids to uh, to camp, uh, <laughs> Camp Chippewa, and uh-huh. and they go and they're part of the. What I think is strange is it's supposed to be like a summer camp, but they do a Thanksgiving uh, play. <laughs> but then inside of it, you know, it was a play about the pilgrims coming to America, which uh, they didn't find America in the beginning. But that's a whole other podcast subject altogether. Um, but This is not a history podcast. It, it's not. But I think it's hilarious that Wednesday played Pocahontas. And the time period of Pocahontas and the pilgrims coming to America, the, those did not line up. But nobody questioned it. And, and talking about the movies, I think a lot of people forget how like quick-witted and fast-paced they are. Mm-hmm. There was a period of time where comedies, like especially the the more recent comedies, that I just I don't really find them all that funny. But like that eighties and nineties era with movies like Airplane and a lot of the Mel Brooks movies. They are a joke a minute, and yep. if you blink, you miss it. Yep. And one of my favorite lines is, um, I think it's when Joan Cusack is talking about Uncle Fester, and he she calls him a lady killer, yep. and Gomez turns around real quick and goes, acquitted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's, Wait, there's a those ton little of one-liners, those. Those man. They're, love that. they're fantastic. Yeah, I, I love that. I love those movies. So, all right. So, I want to run through a couple other things uh, real quick. So. Um, there was a 98 movie that didn't do very well at all. It was Adam's Family Reunion. And the biggest thing to take from that was that Tim Curry played Gomez. You know, um, Tim Curry is great in everything that Tim Curry does. So, How did I not know that even existed? Uh, it definitely exists. At Adam's Family really? Reunion in 1998. It was direct-to-video. Maybe that's why you missed it. All right. So there were a couple of video games. Fester's Quest, which if you've never played Fester's Quest, it's top-down. It's fantastic. In all the things that were created, you know, there was a couple of video games, uh, you know, marketing things basically for movies and whatnot that came out. The Adams Family Pinball Machine was amazing. But there is a arcade game that I've only seen once in my life. I didn't know what it was, but then I've gone back and looked at pictures and watched videos of people playing it. And I remember it like vividly, but I didn't know what it was at the time. But it was the new Adams Family Electric Shock Machine. And it basically had Fester with a light bulb in his mouth behind you know the plexiglass. And it had these metal rods that you would hold on to. And it was supposed to be shocking you, but they just vibrated faster and faster and faster and harder and harder. And the longer you could hold on, the you know, if you could hold on to the end, you won. Um, and what did you win? Maybe some tickets and some numb hands, but it was just a really cool thing. And then there's light bulb would glow brighter and brighter and brighter. So the theme song was composed by Vic Mizzy. Vic Mizzy. All right. We're going to bring up Vic's name again here in just a few minutes. But I do want to talk about the um, the uh, legacy that they, they provided. So um, TV Guide listed the characters in the top 10 of 60 greatest TV families of all time. The Adamses. Again, there's that uncomfortable pluralization. Um, the Adams is A D D A M S E S. Adams is so, and uh, they said they provided design for cartoonish clans to come, like the Flintstones and the Simpsons. Now, do you know where they rank in that top sixty? I don't. I don't have that. I'd be curious. Okay. Um, and so, the Telegraph and Time Magazine have both 
compared them to uh, the Kennedys and the Roosevelts as being that iconic of a family for U.S. pop culture. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I would totally agree with that statement. Yeah. Um, and going back to what I believe you were saying, Monster, before, the uh, um, the goth subculture or inspiration to the uh, fashion of goth subculture is undeniable. So, um, And Christina Ricci's portrayal of Wednesday in the film series has ranked one of the 100 greatest movie characters by empire so all right i want to run through some fun facts for you all right hey, real quick okay real quick interrupt my According, fun facts he's gonna steal your thunder no 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 this is a fun fact you just See? said tv guide no, no, no. you just said tv guide top 60 tv families yeah and i said i wonder where they rank the adamses is number nine. Oh, that's a pretty high up there who's number one sandwich right between the waltons and the cleavers oh wow okay number one come on you know who number one is i i, I could pick uh, several said, films. Said. i wish uh no number one is the brady's i don't agree with their list now no i don't either um no. uh matter of fact to show you how incorrect this is the Simpsons aren't even in the top ten. Wow. Brutal. All right, so fun facts. Oh, yeah, right. let's get on with the really so, fun facts. Back to what you were talking about before. They did not have character names. Um, none of them did until it was greenlit, and then Adams and the producers came with the names of the entire family. Does anybody know what Wednesday's middle name is? It's Friday. Her name is Wednesday Friday Adams. So, no, it's not. It is. No, it's not. Are you it serious? Is. Yes. I will quit right now. I already, you're bailing what? on season on a. Episode oh my god! One, so, what, all right. Wednesday, Friday, at Jesus. So okay, when so when brainstorming the names, Adams actually proposed two options for uh, for Gomez. One was Rapelli, and the other was Gomez. The final decision, <laughs> the final decision was given to the actor for the show, John Aston, and he picked Gomez. I think he picked right because Rapelli Adams just does not flow. <laughs> So, all right. In addition to Gomez, he came in and auditioned for two parts. And he was coming off of uh, the very, very short-lived um, sitcom. Um, I'm Dickens. He's Fenster. Um, Austin actually originally auditioned for the role of Lurch. Um, and then uh, the producers had him audition for the role of Gomez. They thought he fit right. And so he audition for that and they were like yep yeah, you're, you're done you're not lurch so but speaking of lurch lurch the actor named uh, ted cassidy he actually also played thing on the show the hand so, so um except for scenes where they were in them together so um because that would have been difficult i always liked lurch because he had a very frankenstein's monster vibe yeah, about him absolutely. he was real tall he had kind of a flat head and he had that you know, he never really spoke. They would ask him to do something, and he'd just be like, Buh. Right, right. So, um, it aired just as TV was turning from black and white to color, and it was filmed in grayscale, although the set was, like, psychedelically vivid colors, if you ever see them. So, when they aired in in color, when they switched over to color, they had to make some adjustments to the set to keep it from being a gothic Victorian mansion with a gothic family 
with pink ass couches and green walls and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, um, it's trippy. It's real uh, trippy. Actually, sorry, I got that backwards. The walls were bright pink, um, but oh, okay. being filmed in gray, black and white, it uh, it didn't make any difference. So, but the home. The home was actually reused set from uh, Debbie Reynolds' movie, The Unsinkable Molly Brown. But the, hmm. that was only able to happen because the show and the movie were both MGM properties and productions. So the first computer in TV was actually on the Adams Family. It was actually um, the Univac. Um, you know, um, it wasn't quite the entire room that computers once were. But this was a massive, looks like a switchboard sort of thing. And then um, actually parts of that computer re- were repurposed as the Bat computer for the Batman TV show. And the, <laughs> That's the Bat awesome. Code. Yeah. So, all right. Gomez could often be seen with a cigar. And that's uh, one of those things is because Dutch Master Cigars was a sponsor of the show. So that kind of gave them their advertising product placement all throughout it. So, uh, speaking about TV and that era in general, and I didn't know this until just recently, a lot of the advertising agencies actually had a little bit of control over the actual television series that was being aired because they wanted their, either their products in the show or like, there was a lot of shows, especially like game shows back in those days where the the characters, the actors are like in the middle of a scene and they would walk off onto another part of the set and you don't realize it until a couple seconds into it. They walked from the show into an advertisement. Mm-hmm. Like that was like a big thing. So that the fact that Dutch Masters was involved in the Adams family makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, it still happens to this day. Uh, oh, it the, does. Did it you guys does. ever watch the TV show Leverage? Yeah. Any, any chance, right? And one of the episodes, all of a sudden, like he's jumping in a smart car, an electric car, and everyone else is driving away in Honda in the uh, Hyundai Genesis, I think is what it is. Yeah, at that particular time. So it was like, yeah, that was like the like product placement, a product placement. Right there. As as a musician, I see it in music videos real bad. Oh yeah, no product it's placement way worse. Product placement music. is a real problem, and yeah, and it's um, been around forever. Oh yeah, but it it's yeah. When it's obvious, it's painful. Okay, so uh, one of the gags that Gomez would do on the show is take a lit cigar and just put it into his pocket. Um, And after burning through a couple suits, um, (laughs) they actually lined his pockets with asbestos to put the the cigar out when he would put it in there. Um, That's probably not great. No, no. um, I don't want to begin to think of the health problems that actually came from that. But anyway, so... Vic Mizzy, the uh, the composer of it. Um, so when he was actually creating the music, the studio didn't want to give him cash for singers and basically said, make it yourself. And so he actually multi-tracked his voice to actually give it um, a sound as if there was a chorus, trio, or whatnot. More than one person there. All right. My last and final fun fact. Closing fun fact. I think it's easy to forget being now 2020, how big MC Hammer was in the 90s. MC Hammer was everywhere. And they actually gave MC Hammer his last of his five top 10 hits. It's from the movie, the first one. It's called Adam's Groove. And it was actually one of the last times that 
they contracted a musician, an artist, if you will. Um, in this case, a parachute artist, as he was wearing large pants. <laughs> parachute um, artist. <laughs> uh, this was this was the beginning of the end for contacting an, uh, an artist, contracting them to actually make music. I think the last one was actually Will Smith for Wild Wild West. But okay, right. okay. Now, do you know the story about the Adams Family Values and Michael Jackson? Yes. Okay. Why don't you enlighten us? You seem to be more amped about it, but uh, we'll close on Michael Jackson and Adam Sterling. So again, if, if this is your first episode, you have no context, but if you are a longtime listener, you'll know that monster here is a bit of a Michael Jackson fan. He was originally contracted just like um, MC hammer was to do the first film to do a Adam's family song for Adam's family values. And the story goes that he wrote the song and was actually in the process of doing a music video, music video slash short film, something in the neighborhood of like Smooth Criminal or uh, Thriller or something like that. Yeah. Million dollar budget, this huge thing. And right about the time he was ready to put that out in the world, the allegations started to come out about what he was possibly doing um and the people behind the film basically possibly? said you know what ah, da, 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 da. are we uh, talking about the mcjackson burger ah, da, 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 da. so the people behind the okay you know what i'm gonna stop you right there those are allegations they settled out of court so uh basically the the people behind the film just basically said look there's too much going on we don't feel comfortable releasing this it's not great um, for, for advertising for the film. And there's one little inside joke in the movie about that. Yeah, um, it's at the camp. One of the, yeah, one of the kids goes into the, what's it, what do they call it, the happy cabin or something yeah. like that? And he walks in and he screams in terror like there's some giant monster and the camera cuts to a poster of Michael Jackson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not here to get into who did what and what's whatever. That doesn't matter. It's just interesting that like they they did a big song for the first one, so they planned this big thing for the second one. And do you know what they ended up going with instead? Um, I don't remember. It's a really, really bad version of Whoop, there it is. I am. But I am. with Adam's family references put in. Yeah. I, I can't remember the name of the group. They seem like lovely gentlemen. I love the ice cream commercial. Um, it's it's terrible. All right. So on Michael Jackson, just like, um, well, no, I'm not going to say that because that was wrong. Don't um, you dare. <laughs> all right. So in season three, we are no longer offering advice because we're not people to offer advice. I mean, I know no. us. I know us. So, um, we're going to uh, be uh, uh, ending episodes on dad jokes, our, our our wheelhouse, our favorite, like our sweet spot. So, um, sorry, you make a face like you're like it's not, but it is my sweet spot. I'm I'm fully aware. I'm self aware. <laughs> so, well, right. I'm just saying. I mean, is there like a uh, uh, let's see, is there like a uh, limitation on our said joke? 
Uh, I, we well, to I mean, within a certain rating scale, because I got them all over the place. I do too. So they're dad jokes. I do too. They're they're dad jokes, but how old are your kids? <laughs> so, um, I mean, if these are jokes, I would tell my kids, y'all are in some trouble. Okay, I, I I've got a good one. If you want me to to lead off here, all right, monster, go for it. Why did the scarecrow win an award? I don't know. Because he was outstanding in his field. Yes. Okay. Okay. I know you guys can't hear the eye roll, <laughs> but <laughs> all right. So I got I got two that I want to tell. Um, did I already do my deja vu joke? Oh, <laughs> oh that was nice. Oh, nice. I'm so mad and so mad. <laughs> uh, but you'll use it later. All right. And what do you call a gigantic pile of kittens? A meowton. <laughs> okay, so I have two. One might not be a bad dad joke, but it is a joke that I do tell my kids. And then I got an actual dad joke. All right, go ahead. Okay. What does a burnt pizza, a frozen beer, and a pregnant woman have in common? I don't know. Somebody oh, has stayed inside too long. I knew it. I knew it was a pullout reference. I, I just didn't know. <laughs> Oh. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, well, I got my other one. I got oh, my oh, no, no, no. You lost your privilege to say another one. <laughs> Why can't you play hide and go seek with the Dalmatian? Why? Because they're always spotted. No. <laughs> I don't I don't think I like this new idea. <laughs> I know. That's, why I, that, no. that's why I was asking. What's the statute of limitations here? What are the requirements? All right, no. All right, so for next week, for letter B, we'll go. Li- well, we'll turn it to a PG thirteen. All right. Okay. Yeah, we'll turn it to a PG thirteen. If you if you make if you make jokes that are less than PG thirteen, it's okay, just like in a PG thirteen movie. But let that open the door. We're not ready to go R. Maybe by D, we'll find out. So anyway, <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for either coming back or giving us a first chance. Either way, I appreciate it. And uh, that has been A is for Adam's family. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Later. It's over. Done. Done.